Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Nick, we have a very, very special episode planned. I th- I think this might be, one might say, our specialist episode. Quite specialist. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. So for the first time ever, Nick and I have a guest who is not a roof worker, a ghost, a schemer, a college student, a scam artist. We, as experts... Finally, have an expert in directing, acting, and producing. We are bringing on an actual film director, an actual actor, and an actual producer. And he's all the same guy. And he's let's be honest, he Jake. He this is true. This is true. We're not. This is not some sort of joke. Like no. he's a movie star. His name is James Pratt. You can see him in a movie that Jake and I had discovered. We absolutely adore this movie. We watched yeah. it. We had a great time. It's a ton of fun. The movie's called Malibu Crush. And the guy behind it, the creative genius behind Malibu Crush, we have him on the pod today. Today. Let's go. Let's go. What's up? This is the Experts Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Jake. We're experts who know everything. But we don't agree on any of it. We are here with director, writer, producer, and star of Malibu Crush, James Pratt. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much for, for having me. Guys, I like your podcast. Like, it's, it's an honor to be here. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's honestly amazing. Is that the that, first time? That is amazing. That? <laughs> I think that's the first time we've heard that. Also, by the way, Australian? You have an Australian yeah, accent? Sa- sadly, my, my accent is uh is basically it's diminished uh, the longer I've lived in Los Angeles. Like to, to give you an idea, uh when I first went there, it was like, you know, people love it, you know, crocodile dundee. They'll ask you questions like, you know, do you ride kangaroos back in Australia? Yeah. And of course I say yes. Uh like do every you, day I do. Do you eat right. um, outback steakhouse every for every meal, I'm assuming? That's 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 the kind of stuff they ask, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's great. And then it started to dwindle. And I, I always remember this time up in uh Hollywood. Uh, you know, they get a lot of tourists there. Um, so I was at the side of the walk and this Australia b- bunch of Australians walked up and they asked me for directions and I gave them like directions. And then I said, like out of curiosity, like, oh, where in Australia from? And they're like, oh, Sydney, Australia. And I was kind of like, oh, no way, me too. And they were kind of like, no, you're just putting on an accent. It was that point where it had <laughs> kind of slipped enough. And I was kind of feeling like, oh, like, it's not quite there yet. Yeah, you had wow. your, oh my God, I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was so surprised because your accent in the movie is so good. Yeah. That I, did, I oh, actually kind you. of, for, I didn't realize you were actually Australian. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've I've spent enough time. That, that means I've spent enough time in uh, in LA then to to make it believable. You're welcome. Um, welcome to America. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, welcome to uh, America. Welcome to the podcast. We're uh, incredibly stoked for you to be here. We we were singing your praises, and uh, we just wanted to say that Nick and I we watched the whole movie, and it was absolutely a fun time. I'm, it's sort of like a, almost like a hangover <laughs> road trip type experience. So it was very fun. And uh, for people who don't know Malibu Crush, you can, you can basically get it on Amazon Prime. Is there anywhere else? iTunes, I'm assuming as well. And, and things like that. Yeah, I think, uh, and a couple of pirated places as well, okay. where it's kind of ended up. But <laughs> depending on the country you're in, uh, basically just type in Google, I think, uh, you know, Malibu Crush, watch. Because, you know, some countries it's got like a wider release. But I think in the States, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon. Um, and like I said, a bunch of other spots that have decided to to kind of put it up there. So cool. Well, I, I wanted to just kind of like go right into it and ask, how did you uh, get this made? What was the process? What was like writing? Like how long were you writing this? How long were you basically developing it? And when did you finally start production? So we, it was kind of like a script uh, that I'd had. And I'm saying like, I call it a script, but I mean, I'm sure script writers would probably look at it and think like, this is, you know, this is just 90 pages of, of random 
comedic stuff. Uh, that was probably about 2019 that I had that sort of set up. Um, and then I was in America and then suddenly COVID hit and they sent like with the Australian and the, the visa I was on, uh, Australia sent everyone back. So I was sort of stuck in Australia during COVID. And the, the interesting thing was there's a lot of actors and directors and writers, um, you know, who'd come back from LA as well, who were the same thing as mine, just sort of stuck in Australia. It was locked down. And as it was slowly sort of coming out of lockdown, um, the idea was like, yeah, like let's let's shoot a movie while we're in Australia. It's like a great time. And it sounds easy like saying it like that, but it was like it was a lot of moving pieces. And it was just that love. Like I think you guys might have watched it and seen like some scenes there's there's more extras than others. And that was one of the things is, yeah, like the budget, but also uh, just the – I guess you could say like the COVID restrictions where you couldn't have more than, you know, seven people in that distance and and no more than, you know, this many people on set. So to kind of sum it up, uh, went back to Australia during COVID, wasn't able to leave um, with the restrictions, decided to shoot the the film. And then uh, just as the restrictions lifted, uh, the film was, was in post um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. Wow. I, That's great. I, I don't know about you, Nick. I, I didn't, ever have a moment where I was like, oh, they were filming this during COVID. That's why I'm actually very shocked to hear that. That's awesome. That's a, Yeah, that's oh, really that's, cool. Yeah. It did not come across. Yeah, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing was as well is like when you're when you're shooting a movie during COVID, this is a great exercise for me. You kind of like find out straight away whether uh, someone wants to be in the movie or not based on, you know, their level of concern with COVID. So uh, originally, like I had no intentions of directing it, but it was just trying to find a director during COVID in Australia was like, you know, either every director was like, nope, I've got kids. I don't want to go on a film set. Uh, or the other side was like, hey, like I, I haven't worked for like four months. So, um, you know, how much is the budget? <laughs> so, and the budget was pretty small. So it was like that thing where it was like, hey, like I, I think I'm going to have to direct it and wear another hat. Just because it was, uh, you know, wearing a wearing a few hats, including putting out a few fires. Did you did you enjoy directing it? Did you feel like while you were in the process that it ended up being the right decision, or was it like it's either I do it or it doesn't happen, so it doesn't matter? It, it's a little bit of both because I think there was some really nice moments, uh, you know, because you're seeing your baby come to life, you know, your scripts coming to life, and uh, you know, it's sort of been it's a fun shoot to do because it's a comedy. But then there's the other side of it where it's like, uh, you know, as soon as there's a like a fire to put out, it's like, you know, you've got suddenly then got to, you know, be the firefighter and the director and uh, and then at the end of that act as well. So, um, you know, there, there were some interesting moments, but it, all in all, it was pretty fun. What what was your guy's favorite scene, by the way? I would say for me, it was I, I actually really think you you opened the movie really strong with the firefighter scene. That was very funny. It was a great way to bring me in. It felt like you you guys had this style acting wise where it was almost like uh, it reminds me a bit of Rick and Morty where there was sort of an ad lib esque. You never know like what the characters are going to do. There was sort of a uh, a fun little like, oh, this is interesting. This is where I expected it to go. So I really liked the intro. I liked pretty much any of the scenes with Dewey and the the captain character the uh what what's what's that character's name oh carl the uh carl, the, carl, the yes that they kind of yes i i love that guy that guy was great loved the beginning loved the firefighter baseball scene i actually there was a there was a funny moment i had a cracked open a modern times like ipa i'm a big ipa fan i i think the beer must have gone bad or something it tasted horrible and while <laughs> i took a sip I think one of the best jokes in the film also happened at the same time, which was um, the firefighter was saying he has six decades of experience. I lost it. And also the beer <laughs> like shit. And it just all happened at the same moment. Beer came out of my mouth everywhere. It was a moment. But uh, I thought that was one of your best jokes. I love the uh, the golf cart stunt scene toward the end. Oh, that was that, great. That was really fun. You guys have a lot of like almost mini stunt and gags. How did you guys pull those? Yeah, off? like slapstick stuff. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. The, su the surfboard I thought was hilarious when he just like pulls the top half <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> yeah, Dewey's character is like, I feel like um, 
that that style of comedy, uh, probably like an inspiration, is definitely the Farley Brothers. So, yeah, like they've done Dumb and Dumber and Shallow How and something about Mary, and and the tone that they usually use is so you know the the comedic uh, characters are often the underdogs. So it's not like shock humor. It's more you kind of root for these characters because they're, you know, they're so underpowered. And so kind of when when Dewey and Michael come to Australia, it's like, you know, these guys are so out of their depth, like, you know, no money, no job. Uh, you know, like Michael boasts, you know, at the beginning of the film, like, you know, he dated this girl for two weeks and they, <laughs> they're, they're kind of dropping everything to come to Australia like eight years later. It's amazing. On a two week, yeah, on a two-week relationship. But it was actually pretty funny, like a, a nice moment for me because it was like once the the film had sort of we'd shot it and it was in post, um, Brianna Cook was the editor and she did like such a good job and in such a good time as well, like so fast. But Brianna was was laughing at one point because when you kind of piece the film together, it's like these guys ruin everybody's lives that they come into. Like you talk about <laughs> Carl, the, the housemate. It's like think think about with this guy, like, they break up his girlfriend. <laughs> they break his stuff. They get him arrested at the end of the uh, at the end of the film. And then at the end of that, he turns around and says, "Like the car characters, you guys are the best friends I've ever had." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, it's like ultimately he was just an underdog, just like them. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. He didn't notice it at first, but then you know he fit right in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like. Uh, kind of like what Brianna was saying. It's like, you know, you isolate a character, you know, no matter no matter who it is, and you, you just see how these two guys have just like wrecked whatever thing is precious to them. But they do it like, you know, like underdog wise, where they do it like by accident. They're not they're not intentionally meaning to. But I'm I was really pleased, pleased to hear it. I, I love that the when they first meet him, they're just like, ah, we'll pay him one day and clog his toilet and leave. Like that's like <laughs> That's like, like they were kind of always gonna fuck him over. I, I love that that your whole conceit for the main character of the film was like it was so like he was he was like going after this girl f f from like ten years ago, like and like it leads to a lot of very funny situations. So that was a gr great choice for a comedy. I thought like a lot of people who are writing movies now would probably try to make their character as absolutely likable as possible. Where with comedy. I feel like it's better to have some some irredeemable oh, qualities. Totally. <laughs> totally. The the interesting too is it's like you kind of talk about like in real life, you know, people tend to uh like find their water level. It's like in the movie, it's like you can kind of tell like these guys their water level is like they're like half as intelligent as the the regular person. So they they go well together. So you put both of them together and you've kind of just got someone just intelligent enough. But on their own, they're like, you know, they're so they're basically treading water just from a social standpoint. I think the the one thing I, I will say you guys might have picked up on as well is um, so if you, you kind of notice the dynamic of the friendship between Michael and Dewey. It's like uh, at the beginning of the film, Michael talks about like how hot Bridget is. And this is the girl that like, you know, she was amazing. And kind of Dewey talks about as well. Like he kind of champions <laughs> Michael on. He's like, you know, yeah, I used to watch her behind my locker. Like she's so hot. Like he really jimes in there and he, he kind of really builds her up. And then you get to the wedding scene and he doesn't even recognize her. Like he just walks straight up to the bride. I know, like, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> That's yeah, so they still like, uh, you know, Billy who played that character did such a good job because he kind of, he, he created this character to be like genuine the whole way through. Um, so there's little, little, uh, gold like that, which went through the film, which I was, you know, I, I laughed as well at it. So it was, it was also great how supportive they were of each other. Like there was, uh, I, I, I kind of thought when watching it, that there'd be this moment where they sort of blow up with each other, but they're just kind of all in for each other's stupidity the whole time, which is a oh, great, yeah. which is a great dynamic. They, they live in this sort of fantasy, like everything they do is based on like a fantasy, yeah. right? Like, let's go, let's go to Australia because it'll be easy. Like, why not? Let's go and find this girl because you remember from eight years ago, this <laughs> fantasy of her being this thing that doesn't really exist, but it's just like the idea of her in your mind. And like you said, they get there. And this idea has blown up so much and, and changed over time that he doesn't even remember what she looks like. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's hilarious. And then ruins somebody else's wedding completely because of it. Exactly, exactly. And 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 the idea as well with um 
how they live in their own fantasy, uh, they haven't been damaged. Like you can tell, you could, you know, as, as a writer, I think, you know, you could have a character like that who's had a lot of rejection or, you know, they boast about a two-week relationship. You know, these guys are still very innocent. So they keep going for these lofty goals. They're not like, like, mm-hmm. you know, Dewey's not talking Michael out of it. Michael's not talking Dewey out of it. That Like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, they're not like, oh, no, last time, you know, we, we you know, got told to leave the restaurant. It's like, they're innocent 100%, which is kind of like a, yeah, Im- immaturity um, within adults. So, uh, yeah, it's, I love that. I love that. I, I just wanted to uh, call out real quick my favorite line of the movie, uh, just because you were asking about favorite scenes. Uh, it's from Carl. I trust you can sense the ferocity of my tone. <laughs> that, was, that that was that was very good. I actually wrote that down as my favorite line too. We we lost it. Yeah, that was. We had to pause the movie. <laughs> I'm really I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, because 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 uh, Dan who played that character, he really went all in on that character as well, which is really nice because it's like, you know, he's kind of annoying that character. But he's super endearing and he just steals the scene with his like ridiculous, you know, like the self-visualization the, the yeah. day that they're there. <laughs> no, he he nailed yeah. it. He absolutely nailed it. How much of uh, the film was improvised? Most of it was like it was super, super indie budget. So it was like at times we were just trying to make sure we had enough coverage. So in the edit, you know, it, it wasn't just hypothetically in the edit. It wasn't like, oh, we had the mid shot, the wide and and then we had like one close up. So once we had like quite a bit of coverage uh, or just the bare minimum, there was that element to try and, you know, just explore a little bit and and, and open it up. Um, some of Billy's stuff who plays Dewey, like that was just too good to like try and do another take because he would, he would add like some, um, just some small tweaks or impro in some of the scenes. Um, but yeah, I would say most of the scenes had, if we, if it didn't make the, the cut, we at least tried some impro. Uh, in most of the scenes just to get it in there. There's a lot of gold that can be sort of dug up in the moment. So especially, I'm, I'm, yeah. that's good. I can tell some of it. Yeah, especially yeah. with comedy too. Like you're you're absolutely right, Nick, because it's it's got that um it's got that element like to to let the characters really start breathing and opening up and not just be, you know, on the page all the time. I, I did want to just call out shout out to Maria's kitchen of Sherman Oaks. We are <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you guys that's like that. right down the street from us yeah yeah oh yeah what, what was the uh artistic choice behind uh that well, I'm, I'm gonna throw a name at you and and uh i don't think you'll mind but steven napolitano does that uh does that name ring a bell for any of you guys no unfortunately so steven uh he was the cinematographer for like basically the the, the second unit um, so for a time there, we we shot all the Australian stuff, and, and like for myself especially to get back to LA, uh, I had to get the COVID pass. So while I was waiting, uh, Stephen's a guy that I worked with before. He he lives uh, in Sherman Oaks, cinematographer. So that's why I threw the name out just to see if you guys had seen him around town ever. But he basically was shooting stuff, and and the instructions with him were pretty simple. Like hey, like. We need like a restaurant. We need to start to get some stuff on Wilshire Boulevard. And he turned back with some great stuff. To be honest with you, I hadn't been to that restaurant. So <laughs> I, I am like, <laughs> I, I'm like, well, I'm really like, uh, I'm really curious to see like, is it got like a, is it a busy around town or? Is it's, uh, I think it's just a basic Italian place. It seems pretty busy every time I go, I, I see it there. So um it's a it's a place yeah. we see in passing like That's, every day. I don't know if he I, I personally yeah. haven't given it a chance either, but maybe now maybe we now go. we all yep. should go. You <laughs> know what though? I'm pretty impressed you guys recognized that spot because I like <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's it's you know, I hadn't seen it around town. So that's fantastic. Oh yeah, no, I I, I was very impressed by all the I mean like actually like knowing that it is it was so low budget. I was very impressed by the cinematography, like just in general, like all the stuff you guys got of the by the Santa Monica Pier and all that, which I'm, I'm assuming was run and gun and just like very, very like, let's get what we can get like that type. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, looking at some of the footage as well, because th- that that stuff as well, Stephen had shot. Um, Connor did a great job for the Australian side, but Stephen in, in L.A., he did the, the stuff there. But it was like 
you know, when you kind of have that idea of uh, like Santa Monica, you kind of, it's really been set by previous productions, like what it's supposed to look like. You can only imagine during COVID where you, you kind of have like just people in masks, kind of like looking at the camera, looking directly into the camera. Cause like you said, it's run and gun. And it kind of looks more like a, a medical drama. Like, you know, Hey, there's a virus spread, like everyone get out of here. <laughs> than this <Yeah>. picturesque comedy. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm really glad you guys really like the Santa Monica stuff. Cause yeah, there was a lot of stuff as well where you just had like almost like a, you know, everyone's in masks and staring, uh, which was left on the cutting floor, of course. Yeah. So. so I was wondering, and I, I think you kind of uh, indirectly answered it. Every scene that you're in was shot in Australia, even though it takes place in LA. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, with the exception of that Santa Monica scene and some establishing shots of uh, you know those few locations in LA, the whole thing was shot in Australia. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. So 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 that and that was the basis of like when we were uh, you know in lockdown and and I'm gonna believe it was like there were a couple of scenes we had to fake uh, the US or LA in Australia. Um, like for example, the baseball scene, uh, to try as hard as we could with the limited budget to find somewhere that, that kind of had that, uh, that sort of us look. Whoa. Whoa movie magic. magic. Yeah. Good, good pickup, by the way. Your movie has given me my new favorite word. Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia. Also Emmer. My fiance, her name is Emma. And now I'm going to start calling her Emmer. <laughs> well, I got a couple questions for you guys. Please, uh, yeah. first, first of all, like, you know, super big shout out for, for watching it. But uh, how many beers did you guys end up consuming uh, during the, the, the film? Well, I, I had that, uh, that Modern Times that, you know, no fault to the, to the brewery. I, I love Modern Times. I think the beer was just bad. Uh, it went bad. Uh, so I had a, like half of that. And then I was like, no. And then I did another three. Nice. Because I was still feeling COVID, I did two non-alcoholics. So that was... <laughs> oh, I love so that. So unfortunately, I, I couldn't uh, join it. It was joining in spirit. So. But we had, you know, I guess two two perspectives then. One yeah. on, one off. Well, I, I feel like I'm, I'm super impressed that uh, the idea of drinking a beer during it, because that, that to me feels like um, that's the best way to watch it. Like the jokes get funnier, basically. Right, yeah. right. You weren't wrong. Like it was a fantastic movie to kick back, put your legs up, have a couple beers and just like laugh. No lie in saying almost every scene, there was something that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And yeah. that's uh, even even in comedies that hit like, you know, that get like a main theatrical release. You're not seeing that much anymore. I miss comedies that just like really make you're not seeing laugh. comedies in theaters anymore. no you're really like, not <laughs> you're <laughs> really not we gotta we, we need to bring them back guys bring it back we want it back full scale release you know that's i i yeah i i find that to be like one of the things like why aren't we getting more comedies like james you got to get on that man get some more movies out there <laughs> Well, well, you know what? I really appreciate you saying that because I, I had like a, uh, a college over on the East Coast email me and I thought it was like a fake email until I looked at the email address. And they were saying it's their uh, it's their their favorite movie to get wasted watching. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was kind of curious about the beers because I was like and I, I didn't know what to reply back on the email, like as in like, um, you know, keep drinking, like thank you or, or, or just to reply back and say like. You know, like, um, be safe, you know, don't, don't drink and drive afterwards, you know, like, but, uh, it, the time had like, you know, the time had passed for jokes, but yeah, so we can all agree. We can all agree. It's, it's a great movie to kick back and, and drink to including college, college students. Is there a director sponsored drinking game that you can create for this movie for people to follow along to? I, I feel like every time, uh, Dewey destroys someone's life in the movie, it's kind of like it's time to take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is every time you see him on screen, essentially. Right, 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 right. Because right, you I heard think, it here. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think, uh, and not to circle back, but like another kind of like nice moment for anyone that hasn't seen the movie and they're kind of like wondering, like, like who is this character Dewey? Um, he's kind of like the, the best friend that uh, will do anything for his friend. And and in the in the script, the way that I'd, I'd kind of written it was, 
if it was a happy ending, like Michael had, uh, like he'd got the girl, you know, he'd got Bridget and Bridget was like, you know, I love you, Michael, and happily ever after. I'd sort of felt like the character of Dewey would be like, he would like frame Bridget in some way to try and get his best friend back. You know, so like Michael ends up with Bridget and then you can just imagine Dewey like, you know, sending Michael a photo of Bridget with like, you know, another guy that he'd made up um, because he, you know, he generally just wants that best friend. He wants that attention. Part two, right? I do have a sequel pitch for you. <laughs> I would love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. Michael feeling guilty for having such a beautiful relationship decides that Dewey also needs one and he convinces him to get Rachel again and <laughs> be it be it she's you know maybe maybe they find out they're coming to America and she's going to Coachella and he has to track her down or something that's my that's my sequel pitch that's no, I love it I love it cuz round like part 2 would have to be about like Dewey finding love right yep um, yeah um, yeah Mala 2 crash Rate the Rach and Dewey story. Like, That's it. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Here's the thing. I feel like that that was probably one of my favorite uh, setups in the movie because at that point the movie starts to breathe a bit. Like these guys have got to uh, Bondi Beach in Australia, and I just I love the dynamic where they arrive at this kind of like um, you know surrogate family that's letting them stay at their big house, and within like the first night they've they, they've made an impression in the spa like you guys remember the, the pool scene mm -hmm. uh then they've ruined dinner <laughs> by, right by like ruining that side and then after that they come to the the dad or well, the husband the loving husband and dewey asks him to leave <laughs> so <laughs> he can he can stay <laughs> while hooking up with his wife um so it's like within the matter of like, you know, one night, they've you've kind of established like pretty soon, like, you know, just just how much of a wrecking ball they are. But like, like I've said, you know, like they're they're doing it like in an innocent way. They're like, Dewey honestly believes that Rachel liked him because she, you know, she said hello at the beginning. He's so. he's a little rascal, man. Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> he's but even just him fighting with Michael to sit one seat closer to her at dinner, like in front of her husband. I think we did like 17 eggs of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was good. I mean, and honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think he did date Ellen DeGeneres. I think he did date Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I so do too. Yeah. Yeah. I choose to believe that. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres lives in a, a studio apartment in, in Inglewood. Yes. <laughs> and and needs and she needs gas money from Dewey after after seeing <laughs> Well it takes a lot of gas to get her up to Burbank every day. Checks out. Well, Checks out. Yeah, I mean he was he was quite um convincing in his uh his his desperate attempt to say that he dated her. A lot of passion there. I I just wanted to say Nick and I have decided now that our new favorite place to hang out is the car park that is <laughs> yes behind behind the which was supposed to be behind the pizza store yes. yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's our new favorite place that's where plans happen that's where things get made that's you know with, with, with <laughs> the uh, car park was instrumental with the uh with the girl scooter and the old skateboard just going in circles yes yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> To say I haven't done that before, by the way, would be a lie. So I get yeah. it. I get the pure, simple pleasure of of an activity like that. It's it's kind of like the 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 summertime vibe, you know, like where you're just hanging out and and just see where it goes. It's just hanging out. I I love that it's these like two grown men just doing that. It's like <laughs> it's so great. Oh, totally, totally. It, it really does sort of. Uh, lend itself you're right to like that dumb and dumber type buddy buddy comedy where it's like two kids just in adult bodies like most of their actions are motivated by by things like a kid would do or or yeah. how a kid would think and jake and i are uh we we're writing something as well we've we've written several things in the past most of our sense of humor probably falls into that same category of like these are adult men but they act like kids because it's just funny. It. It's simpler. It's, it's more pure. And you know, it's like, I don't, there's something about that that really clicks with us. It, you know what? It, it's probably also too, like what you, you're sort of driving 
driving at is it's that idea where they've they live in an alternative universe in a way which is so special to watch because it's like they haven't been jaded or uh, broken down by the system or you know like trying to trying to earn money um and and yeah like exactly like you said like it's that kind of like uh like a child just doesn't worry about paying a mortgage or you know getting their driver's license they don't care about that stuff you know it's it's that must be a really fun way to live if you're an adult you just don't care right you you, you only have to worry about what's five feet in front of you and you literally right, right, right. even if you wanted to you can't you can't see further it's like mental uh nearsightedness you know right 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 Right. What would be your favorite movie in a comedy? What would be some of your favorite comedies? Besides Malibu Crush, of course. Bef besides Malibu Crush. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, what we, we got, you know, like Team America, any of the South Park sort of brand of humor like that, that type of stuff. We are uh, we're obs we're obsessed yeah. with like sort of the Matt and Trey world. When it comes Monty to Python, Monty Python, stuff, Monty Python's you know, great. I I was really into Wet Hot American Summer, the movie when that came out like twenty years ago. That's so interesting. I just had that on. I had that on last night. I hadn't seen that for a long time. It it oh, it, it's so good. When I first yeah. saw it, I think I saw it about a decade after it was released, uh, in sort of like that cult. Um, like it kind of came back. Dumb and Dumber movies, I love. I mean, uh, you you already said one of my favorite. Uh, something about Mary is so great. Um. Step Brothers, that that was always a classic oh, yeah, step, when that yeah. came out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's all, when you're always put on the spot, like, what's your favorite this? You can never think of it. You know what I mean? It's always like, I have a thousand movies I love, and then when I'm questioned, they all just vanish. What if I just said Pride and Prejudice? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I, I just, that brings me up in a funny thing. When I was studying at uh, NIDA, which is the acting school I went to, uh, it's very, very serious. Okay, so like, you know, the alumni is, you know, Kate Blanchett and Mel Gibson. And, and to kind of give you an idea, it's like, you know, there's very, very little room for you to kind of joke around because they kind of make sure you know. But I just remember there was a guy in my class. Um, he thought it would be really funny on like one of the first days that were going around with one of the one of the teachers. And the, the teacher was like, hey, like, I want to know who's your favorite actor and, and what are your goals? And everyone's going around the room and, you know, they're like, oh, my favorite actor is Al Pacino and my goal is to win an Oscar. And, you know, like very much like actors, actors, like genius actors, you know, De Niro, Pacino, you know, DiCaprio. My uh, The friend of mine, he goes around, he's like, oh, um, so my favorite actor is uh, Jessica Simpson. And uh, my goal would be to uh, to do a movie with her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and That's great. I love that. And it's like this this teacher, which just really loved people pandering to them about winning an Oscar. And it was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> Next, like, like didn't even want to entertain it. And for the rest of that semester, yeah, he was, I don't know, he just wasn't really, he was given a harder time. But I thought that was quite funny uh, looking back. <laughs> yeah. If that is the, the metric, I mean, there's so many great comedic actors too i mean like it's like doing a scene with i'm sure doing a scene with de niro would have been would be just as great as doing a scene with robin williams or something you know i mean it's like <laughs> oh yeah i don't know and, and, absolutely oh yeah well i think that the interesting thing about your guys answers was like you got you mentioned like movies you know back in the day a little bit um and and i'm exactly the same like i think it's 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 really hard to find like that all-out comedy at the moment because they do peel it back in the edit to make it more like a rom-com or uh if they do call it a comedy like a lot of the studio comedies now it's like you could probably classify it as like you know a relationship drama like it's just it's it's not like say an american pie and it's it's not like a van wilder or um you know yeah. old school and so yeah like anytime you've got that sort of comedy i i love like the the old school uh you know sort of that style yeah, I mean, I feel like the closest, like, mainstream big movies we've had to that have probably been some of the Seth Rogen movies, like, This is right. the End and stuff like that. And even that's a while ago. That's Even that's kind of a long time ago at this point. Yeah, that was, that was like, 12, 13 years ago that movie came out. Yeah. Now. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, look, if you guys got any tips for any new comedies, I, I'd love to know. We are, we are always looking, but uh, we yeah. were glad to get a new one from you. Absolutely. It's funny, I actually Googled, like, comedies uh and i guess google recognized that i recently watched malibu crush and actually said if you like malibu crush you might like here i'll spit out a few that google is comparing your movie to please tell me 
bottoms, dumb money, ghosted with uh, Chris Evans. Uh, no hard feelings. The holdovers. So there you go. Dream scenario. Old dads. Triangle of sadness. I guess this is this is Google. Sounds likes, like a great <laughs> Google likes your movie. Let's let's just say that. I'm I'm, I'm just curious. Like <clears throat> uh, triangle of sadness and bottoms. Like you yeah. know, like what what's the difference between both of those? One is I, I would say bottoms is a little bit more like yours. It's just sort of satirical on the nose. Like here's kind of what it's we're sad. saying and here's what it is. Triangle of sadness is like an incredibly sort of like deep satire <laughs> on like class and everything. And I guess I could see the comparison. <laughs> I could see it. I could see Malibu it. <laughs> crush, you know, the next time like I see like really bad reviews or like, you know, someone's written a terrible review about Malibu Crush. I'm going to say that they probably will. Like, they're probably after like a uh, triangle of sadness type drama and they got really disappointed. You should put on your, uh, on your, like the cover art of your movie. If you like triangle of sadness, you'll like this movie. Google. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for anyone that uh, likes it's the triangle of status. I mean, I'm sure it's a great film, but it sounds like, you know, a, like an emotional shutout is trying to, you know, find redemption in, you know, everyday life or something, you know, hardcore. I, I'd love to see the reaction to someone that's kind of convinced their friends. Oh, no, like Malibu Crush. It was recommended to me. It's the same thing. Like, you're going to love it. And then the opening <laughs> scene is like, you know, someone spraying a an old lady with a fire extinguisher. Uh, pretending to be a firefighter and they'll yeah and and you know cue bad reviews straight away if you like magnolia and the master you'll love malibu crush <laughs> same, same genre same thing yeah, same exactly thing. exactly absolutely yeah so that that's actually a really good find i i found that uh i'll have to look at that myself but yeah i find that pretty funny the uh the recommendations i i feel like no hard feelings is the most recent comedy I can actually think of that like is pretty adjacent. I would say right, Malibu right. Crush. Like Malibu Crush is like one step above in the zany level. Right. I would say. So. Well, it, it was funny because there was someone in the film that they thought it was like a romantic comedy, and they they sort of leaked it to the press a little bit, and the press was like, "Oh, like a romantic comedy," you know, like and it kind of like put it in that whole like. How to how to lose a guy in ten days? I think it was with Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and and I remember kind of like thinking like, oh, they're going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> like, that it's it's going to be different. Let's just say it's it's not going to be like how to lose a guy in ten days. But um, sure, for now that sounds good. Yeah, so. right. Well, you know, I recently rewatched Meet the Parents. And I'm not necessarily saying it's tonally the same, but there's a lot of like gaggy stuff in your movie that they do in Meet the Parents, you know, like Ben Stiller getting whacked in the face and like, but then being like relatively okay in the next scene. And like, there's a lot of stuff that you guys do that does sort of, I would say, compare to those, you know, like sort of early 2000, late 90s comedies. Right. It's the situational comedy, isn't it? Right. Like, uh, you know, the comedies in the, um, the stakes in the scene, you know, the situation like you know ben stiller and de niro like that's a great combination you've got like de niro with all the power and and ben stiller that's like you know he might have one out of a hundred in the power by the end and so that's why it's funny right like it's sort of you know the person with the power versus the underpowered but who has the so, power in your movie well here's the thing i feel like everyone in like most of the scenes that dewey and michael walk into they like if you just pause the scene at the beginning it's like well you'd say hey like you know like the the film school they're the least amount of power or <laughs> on the film set these guys have never directed the, the these guys didn't even know what the camera was they're underpowered but then through the the kind of the situation and like you you guys have mentioned like the the innocence of them and how they see it as just a, like they can do anything they tend to kind of cut out their opposition just by chance so mm. it's like I, I would say opening scene, they don't have the power, but by the end of the scene, you know, they, they've sort of just somehow fallen into it a little bit. That's brilliant. That's true. Yeah. It's almost like the situation that they're in is yeah. the power and somehow yeah. they're powerless against it. But you're right. By the end of each scene, they gain the power. They flip with the situation. Somehow the situation gives them control and now they have it, but they never know what to do with it, which is always, <laughs> always funny. Yeah. And often like, you know, you see like they're given this opportunity to direct this commercial 
and they have no idea what they're doing and they just give it up to Emma, you know? Right, right, right. Which I think, which was, I, I just, again, for anyone that hasn't watched, it probably makes more sense once you've watched it. But uh, what the writing was, which I was trying to put in there was like, let's say my, like out of the two, Michael and Dewey, Michael is definitely the smarter one. Like Dewey is just the comedic, like he's the comedy, like 100%, whatever he does. Michael, if he didn't have Dewey as his friend, let's say Michael had like a smarter best friend, he might be okay, like, you know, out of high school, like he might be able to hold down a regular job, but not a great job. It's the fact that his best friend is Dewey, that that intelligence level has never grown. And that's where I think there's elements in the film where Michael sort of detaches from uh, Dewey and then starts spending time with Emma. And you see he kind of starts to have a little bit more of a conversation, which is kind of like your, you know, your sphere of influence. But, you know, obviously, you know, his best friends, Dewey, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's right. that's kind of the layerings there, which which is kind of interesting, interesting dynamic. Yeah, they're they're pure stupidity together is their power. It allows them to exactly. steamroll yeah. any situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's it i gotta give a shout out to uh this guy called Leighton. he is the gm of the golf course we shot at and i mean the big difference you know living in la and growing up in australia the big difference is like australia doesn't have like a big film scene uh it really doesn't mm. and so you know you can imagine during covid you know you're you're asking for locations and a lot of people like hey you can't shoot here with with covid conditions and then if they do say, yeah, like you can shoot here, like a golf course, a lot of it is like, oh, yeah, like you can have like the, you know, the the 18th uh, green or what, 18th hole. But it's going to be like, you know, $10,000 for the morning and, you know, like 25000 for the day because our mm -hmm. members don't want to be, you know. We were having a tough time finding a golf course. And I remember this guy called Leighton and it was right near the city, which was even more like crazy because that would be more expensive. But wow, this guy's the GM and he's like, He's like on the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys shoot in a movie. He's like, cool. Yeah, well, I'll just shut down any any uh, hole you want. Um, you know, we'll mow it for you as well. And you just swing by and we'll just give some cuts and stuff. He was unbelievable. I remember turning up there and he basically was like, oh, yeah, well, you just tell us when you want and we'll send down drink carts and everything. He did not want to be paid either. Okay. Like wow. he was like, he was like, no way. This is really. And. It was kind of this thing where it was like, there's got to be like something at the end of this. Like, I don't know, is he suddenly going to like invoice us? And like, what what is the the underbelly here? This is too good to be true, but there was absolutely nothing. Uh, he was just a really great dude that just really appreciated filmmakers uh, in Sydney. And so Camaray Golf Course, Leighton was the GM. He let us do anything we want, uh, gave us golf carts. Would, would He would send basically down people that work for him and be like, Oh yeah, Leighton sent us down there uh, to see whether you guys want us to bring coffee, drinks. Uh, does anyone need any food? Like it was just next level cool. Um, that's that's so but, awesome! Oh my god. <laughs> but where I'm going with this as well, like he basically, uh, like the second day we were shooting there, he came down. And he's like, "Oh hey, like uh, my kids, uh, would they be able to come and watch after school? Uh, you guys filming?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." Like you know, like no worries for us. And so after school, like his two kids came down and they were like super young. Like, you know, I think one was like eight, one was like 10 and they're kind of watching. And then the next day he came down to set, uh, Leighton came down to set and he, I would just said, you know, oh, hey, like did your kids, you know, like, you know, watching a shoot. And they were kind of like, he, this is Leighton's voice. He said, yeah, they came home afterwards and they said, dad, it looks like they're trying to shoot Dumb and Dumber 3. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and and Leighton was like, that's such a good sign for kids because it, like, it's definitely a comedy. It's really funny. So can they watch again today? And it was like, that was like a good sign when a kid says, Hell hey, yeah. this looks like Dumb and Dumber 3. So uh, yeah, but big shout out to Leighton. That, that guy's the man. Yeah. True legend. I mean, true legend. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's rare. Like for anybody who's listening, who's not from LA or, you know, anywhere where filming happens 24 seven people are very jaded about that type of thing i mean they oh, were yeah. jaded back in our uh where nick and i went to college in a random town in upstate new york they didn't even let people film there because they were used to a bunch of film school students always coming through and uh, trying to get locations all the time so that's awesome thank you layton <laughs> yeah thanks layton and thanks to layton's kids because it sounds like you guys got the best compliment from them i mean it's like yeah. exact oh, kind of exactly what you were going for 
Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Well, here's the thing is the, the, uh, the dumb and dumber vibe is kind of like, you know, you know, you're on a good sort of a good wicket at that point, if, if they're sort of saying it's that style of comedy, I think it would have been crazy if they said, Hey, uh, what was it? Uh, the triangle of tears. What was that? <laughs> if, if Layton's kids were like, yeah. dad, it looks like they're trying to shoot like triangle of tears. It's pretty sad. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 The se- so- or the sequel rectangle of set of, sadness yeah the uh, yeah the the, that's that's well that's 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 pretty damn awesome actually good on you Leighton and his kids a couple uh a couple more behind the scenes questions so there's this beautiful scene toward the end where you and emma kiss so my question is behind the scenes how do you prevent it from popping oh that that was (laughs) no well that that was where uh basically wearing like what was it? Producer, writer, director, actor, hats. Those sort of scenes are like the, the least romantic, the least right. basically um, Bella, who's like an awesome actress, super professional. It's, she was, it's she was fantastic. Like a, oh yeah. She's a really good actress and, and super nice lady as well. So it was like super easy to work in the scenes, but to kind of give you an idea on that behind the scenes there. Um, yeah. Bella is like a super attractive, super good actress. For me, it's like, Basically, as soon as it's cut, it's like, oh, hey, the wind's picked up. The sound guy's having issue. Uh, we're losing daylight. Someone's car alarm's going off. You know, the the thing's just there's basically there's too many up. other things. Nick, there's just too many other things for it to pop. You can't okay. you can't relax. It's like you just have to do yeah. the job. Like you you're you're focused. There's too many distractions. I get it. It's just not like the you know the perfect pure situation to really sort of. Enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of that thing where it's it's almost like. If only you knew behind the scenes, like how much of a headache the whole day has been <laughs> just trying to like, you know, like coordinate stuff. And and like I said, it was, um, you know, we shot at a time where it, it was just hard, like uh, shooting during COVID because, you know, as well, it's like if even the slightest person sneezed or coughed, it's like everyone's kind of freaking out like, oh, that person's putting their mask back on because so-and-so like sneezed. It's like, you know, we got to boost morale a bit here. Like, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get uh, it. That, that, no, that's cool. Another question for you: SCLA, the the college in the beginning of the film. Wait, should we give you our theories? <laughs> yeah, oh, go yeah, into yeah. the question. Yeah. We, yeah, we were yeah. wondering what that stood for, and we had a a couple uh, guesses. But go ahead, Jake. So cool, learning academy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, learning academy. <laughs> mine was mine was a little bit uh, more basic and less interesting. Just Southern California, <laughs> Los Angeles. No. So, so it, no, no, it's, I was going to say you're spot on with your last one. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, it was basically Damn. not, it, it was, it was nothing too spectacular because it was just making sure there was no like copyright of like some school, you know, UCLA, um, you know, USC, like right. you, know, you could kind of easily get put into something. So it was like basically what is the most, there's not a website out there for a training organization and, if someone like yourselves was going to dive deep, what makes sense? You know, like <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. But, you know, if you, you know, you feel free to run with it. If someone asks you like, oh, what, what did he say? You you've run with it, you know, like sex college, Los Angeles or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let, let, let's stick I, with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little That's bit more canning to the film, I would say. The fans finally have an answer. Yeah. Right, right. It's a, it's an underground fan choice. What one question for you? One question for you. What was in that picture when Dewey is talking to Rachel's dad? It's like very small amount, and he offers the dad a drink. What is in that picture? Oh, that's super interesting because you know what? You know what? During the edit, I think it was Brianna who was uh, the editor. She said exactly the same thing. She's kind of like, is he trying to roofie him? Like, like is he trying to get him to pass out? It wasn't intended. It's just Billy was a very, very good actor and kind of made that character look like he was gonna st- he was gonna do something to uh, to Jason Taylor so he could be with his wife and family. I yeah. guess it's an a, an editor question because <laughs> no, no, it's it was hilarious. I remember seeing it because because it does look like he's basically put something in there. It's like one portion's worth. It's <laughs> it's a single portion's worth. <laughs> So when when Dewey and Michael land in Australia, they get picked up in a car. 
I noticed that the steering wheel was on the right side of the car. I've never seen anything like that. Can you can you explain that? Why was that choice made? I'd love to say we had like a massive like visual effects budget and we will that was a choice for the scene. <laughs> um, th- th- this this kind of goes back to when I was saying like, you know, you wear so many hats, you have like, like it, it, you're just putting out fires. So when we're shooting some of the scenes uh, to make it look like LA in Australia, so you drive on the left-hand side of the road. I'm sorry, what? No, yeah, you, how? you drive on the other side of the road, yeah. But aren't cars coming toward you? Yeah. No, <laughs> no it's like flip both sides. So if you no imagine way. like in LA, so that that's kind of like that's the start of when you shoot something in Australia and trying to make it look like LA. It's like so the steering wheel's on the other side of the 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 car because you're driving on the left hand side. Of course. Um, so there's all these little idiosyncrasies that kind of add up to like we would love to be shooting in LA if we could leave with COVID. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So that was kind of yeah. But that's a yeah interesting you say that. So it's interesting to me really quick on that topic that you've established that people drive on the wrong side of the road in Australia. Fine. It's (laughs) accepted on the golf course though. They seem to drive on the correct side because the steering wheel is back on the left side of a golf cart. Have you noticed that? What, why does that exist in that way in Australia? I feel like you guys have got to start like a website, like Malibu Crush <laughs> Trivia. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, like when, when people, cause you know more about this film than me. I hadn't even <laughs> noticed that. Uh, hats off to you guys, because that's an interesting find. I would say the, the golf cart probably is, is like, you know, American company or American brand just ships them out to Australia. But yeah, unfortunately in Australia, the, uh, the government set the rules, you know, you drive on the left-hand side or you get put in jail so yeah wow well yeah. that's um big that's, stakes uh, that's that's i i don't know about you nick <laughs> but i i'm certainly learning a lot i'm oh, certainly yeah, learning a lot very um, it's, it's, it's wild when i when i moved to la it's like you know oh yeah just swap my license over no big deal but yeah it takes about two weeks just driving on the other side to realize yeah like you know because everything's the the other well the opposite direction so wow but that's well, got to be trippy Next thing you're going to tell me is that they drive on the left side in Japan and England, too. <laughs> no, anyway. Dude, stop that. Too much to handle. Nick, do we have any other? Yeah, I have a huge question. How okay. the hell did you get Bradley Cooper? Oh, huge, huge get. Totally just slipped our mind. How did we not get to And that we left him now? out of the marketing, too. That was the crazy thing. Like, you didn't even make the poster That's, of the film. The movie like. stands <laughs> on its own, James. Yeah. 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 I was just being humble by saying, hey, let's not put Bradley Cooper on the, the poster or in any of the, the, the media interviews. It serves it serves the movie, too, because then when you finally get there, which I know this has been a spoiler filled <laughs> podcast, but let's just say it pays off. It pays off. <laughs> Bradley Cooper makes uh, a, a nice little appearance in your film for ev- for anybody who uh, has yet to see Malibu Crouch. Check it out. You will see Bradley Cooper. You won't be yeah, we were disappointed. Really, we were very lucky to get Bradley Cooper to agree in such an indie project uh, in Especially Australia. in Australia. Over, yeah. Yeah. During COVID. COVID. I mean. Yeah. yeah for <laughs> and he grew a mustache for you. Just like just a singular yeah. mustache. It was cool. How long generally was the shoot? So we all up, like we shot it in uh, 2021 and it debuted at, uh, well, it first kind of got at uh, AFM American Film Market at the end of the year. And then it came out, like we hit we hit distribution and it was kind of like exciting. But, you know, like obviously once you, you finish a film, the distributor, you know, they decide when it's going to come out and, and what's going to happen. And so there was kind of like about a, a couple of, well, probably four months waiting once uh, after AFM. So yeah, it, it would have been probably all up, you know, just uh, about a year and a half to, to film and, and get done. So Wow. That's... Yeah. Uh... But that's about what it takes. I mean, I think, you know, Jake and I had made sort of like an indie musical in the past. And from conceptualizing it to writing all the songs, to writing the script and all that and shooting it, it took about a year and a half. That sounds about right. Crazy long process. And and sometimes like, you know, too, like it's crazy. Like I did a a horror movie and that took like four and a half years to to kind of finish post and come out. Needless to say, like my agent and manager were like, you know, it was like the boy who cried wolf because I was kind of like, no, no, it's coming out. Like it's, you know, it's definitely coming out. And they're kind of like, great. 
And then it was like a year later, it's coming out. And then finally, like four and a half years, they kind of like, yeah, sure, James, sure. Like, But yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing, though, like with filmmaking, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, people don't understand the process. Uh, it's not like a quick influencer YouTube video. It's like, you know, you've got color grades and sound mixes and, you know, voice ADR and all that stuff, even after you've shot it. So there's a there's patience involved. That's for sure. OK. I have one more fun question, unless you have anything else you want to plug in, Jake. Uh, when you guys were shooting the beach scene uh, with Emma, I noticed you were wearing shoes on the beach and you were by the water. Did you get your <laughs> shoes wet? Oh, that's uh, a good question. That's a, again, that should go with the trivia page. You guys are going to put <laughs> up and make some money off. Because I, yeah. I think you guys are just all over it. Like, this is awesome. Um, th this is stuff that I also don't <laughs> like haven't haven't quite sort of put wrap my head around um, i know it's hard-hitting stuff I'm, I'm, <laughs> no it's i would i would say the uh the question there so i i grew up in a place called bondi beach which is where we shot the the beach scenes beautiful place i literally oh, yeah. said to yeah, jake that, while we were watching it i want to go to that beach yeah yeah really die. well i feel like that was the that was the for anyone that kind of would have loved a rom-com rather than like a you know dumb and dumber like showing those scenes off, you know, sunset, um, you know, sun glow. You can see the Hubbard Bridge on one of the beach scenes as well. It looks great. Like it looks quite nice on, on camera, but it's like, uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's a full on comedy. But that scene with the shoes, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I think that might have just been the the kind of the direction we were going in. I think Emma threw my my shoes in the water at some point in one of the, the, the impro takes. So, yeah, that might have been it too yeah so it, it really helps sell the scene for me i just wanted to say that <laughs> oh I, lo I love it <laughs> i love when you guys have that moment you uh m you playing michael and emma really are about to kiss you're sitting on the beach it's a beautiful oh, yeah, moment yeah. i laughed so hard because you were like i can't because of someone <laughs> you had known eight years ago for two weeks <laughs> that you haven't <laughs> talked to since <laughs> that was so funny right 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 well i feel like that's the intelligence level of michael um <laughs> that, I'll, I'll tell you one funnel like one final funny scene just as well because you might have picked up on it if you notice how michael says to emma like she's like do you skate he's like yeah i skate all the time um and then you see me on the skateboard and it kind of looks like i'm beyond a beginner like i'm just very amateur um it's because that skateboard was just about to snap at like any stage how it worked is uh we needed a skateboard hurry went to kmart this was the only kind of like roll of skateboard we could get it was like eight dollars we're just about to shoot the scene i step on it and it, it almost snaps and then i turn it over and it says like maximum kilograms 20. uh to give you an idea i weigh like 88 kilograms so it's like is is that a is that a lot or a little for for us? <laughs> give no, give us the American version of that. It's it's like uh, we need we need we need like the a live session so someone can come in. It's uh it's it's like a regular. Have you got a computer there? Uh, Nick? I, I gotcha. I gotcha. We are looking at uh, about one hundred seventy six pounds for the right, for, right, right. for us Americans who don't speak in kilograms. Yeah. So basically, I'm riding this thing trying to, not to put weight on it because it feels like it's going to snap. And because it's the only one, it's like we don't have time to go. We're shooting the scene. So that's kind of like in the scene because I love skating. Yeah. If you're wondering why I say I can skate as a character and then it looks like I'm trying to stand still. That was the the funny thing behind it. So, yeah, don't buy a 20, a 20 kilogram $8 skateboard from Kmart uh, if you like skateboarding. That's a great tip because I just yes. also converted that in pounds is 44. So oh that, 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 and, uh, and James was saying that he weighs about 176. Uh, so yeah. that's an incredible difference. So basically, uh, yeah, kids, kids skateboarding, um, section. I was not aware that that was from the kids section. I was just stoked that it was $8 that I was like, okay, yeah, this will be great. So, yeah. Did you but, do I mean, props <laughs> on your film as well? In some of the scenes, it was almost like we just, we we kind of were running, we were too rushed for time. And so it was like, uh, I we had a skateboard and then that broke about, you know, a couple of days before you were shooting. And then last minute, I, I raced to the Kmart to get it on the way to set. So, but the wheels light up, you know, 
Like, oh yeah, yeah. I kind of think that was sick. It looked kind of yeah. like a kid skateboard, which I just think kind of added to your character. I, I, I actually yeah. think it like it helped serve the sort of the joke of the whole thing. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, definitely kid skateboard. Do you have any other questions for us, James, or anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? You know what? I was just super stoked to to come on your show. And I, I mean, look, the takeaways I got were uh, you guys know the pizza place in, in L.A. And we're going like, to try it now, fine. too. Thank you. Try it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I, I think it's only fair that we do a shout out to some of the, um, you know, the hard hitting dramas that have been recommended since uh, people watch Malibu Crush. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, pre- so, yeah, please sadness. watch Hereditary if you like Malibu <laughs> Crush. The menu yeah, sure is sure. also recommended. <laughs> I'm just glad, like something like you know, the Shawshank Redemption or something like that didn't kind of like come up after. <laughs> yeah, that's a strange selection, Google, but we'll we'll take it. We'll, we'll take, take it. Bottoms. Bottoms mm-hmm. sounds. Uh, bottoms sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Bottoms works. Old Dad's is up there. <laughs> I'll I'll give you that. No hard feelings, you know, I think that's a fair comparison because it's really yeah, like about right. ultimately like it's not the kid's goal necessarily, but it's the goal of the parents of this kid to get this kid laid. I mean, it's not that different from the goal of uh, of Michael and Michael. and Dewey, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. So, but uh, I, I was going to say, when are you guys going to make a, a comedy? Well, we're kind of working on a script right now, actually. Yeah. We have a couple things. Uh, if off the pod, you want to chat about that, we totally could. I reckon you guys, you guys would be great. You guys would be great to, to humor. And like you said, the the world needs comedy right now. Like uh, like proper, full on. You know, like let's just make it funny sort of comedies. Because I'm I'm the same as you guys. Like I haven't I haven't seen something that's just been like you know laugh out loud funny uh, for quite a while. We need that. The world needs it. We don't need everything to take itself so seriously. We want our comedies as comedies, not as Marvel movies or as Barbies. Or <laughs> that, that, although Barbie, Barbie was great. Barbie was pretty good. Actually. Barbie was great. Barbie was great. <laughs> but I but. think I think that layer of like uh, comedy, like when someone puts the genre as comedy, I feel like if you said like some of the movies today that are getting made, uh, if you said oh like they were a comedy back when American Pie came out, or people would be like ah no that's not really a comedy that's like a you know, that's like a drama-driven comedy or, a you know, it's a romance, rom-com, but not really a rom-com. But yeah, like I've been recommended a couple of movies from friends and and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's a comedy. I'm watching it. I'm kind of like, I don't know, man, like this kind of seems like it's just a drama. Like I haven't laughed for 25 minutes. Like it's kind of sad. So. Yeah. Where are the giggles? Yeah. <laughs> to wrap this up, I have okay. one more fun question for all of us. There's a scene, actually there's several scenes, but there's one in particular uh, where Dewey once again is trying to get a date with somebody, right? I, th- I I forget exactly which scene this was. Maybe it was when he was in the restaurant. But is this um, the pizza store with Natalie? I want to say it was it was the pizza store with Natalie. And I think it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Natalie says, "I would rather blank than go on a date with you," right? Uh, so he's basically tried to impress Natalie by saying he's had a hard day at work and something about. Natalie says, uh, you know, that TV doesn't turn itself on and off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of yeah. like the relationship between right. Natalie and him. Yeah, Dim- Dimitra, she's in L.A. She's a great actress. Oh, great. She plays, uh, yeah. And she ultimately so, says, like, I would rather blank than go on a date with you. I forget exactly right, right, what right. the excuse was. Yeah, great but I timing. thought it'd be funny if we all fill in that blank with our own excuse <laughs> for why for what we would rather do than go on a date with Dewey. Yeah, I mean, but Dewey's kind of cool though. Like, it's exactly. too hard to. Yeah, and that that could be that could be your answer. I would rather go on a date with you than not. Right, 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 know? right. <laughs> well, I'd love to see your answers. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, what you guys think. It's a good question. I, I got right, mine. I, go ahead. I would rather watch Triangle of Sadness than go on a date with Dewey. <laughs> Fair enough. That's 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 gonna be tough to. Uh, that's gonna be really, really tough to be. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I would go on a date with Dewey. So, so ju- I think we're all on the same page. There. I would love so to go on a date with Dewey. Yeah. And honestly, the only thing that maybe I would rather do is watch Malibu Crush again, which would then just give me a nice like hour and twenty minutes of some Dewey. <laughs> so either way, I'm getting some time with Dewey. 
I've, I feel like you just you uh, you keep the camera rolling and watch the the craziness unfold with uh, with that character. Yeah, yeah. I think my one. Uh, I, I would I'd rather wear my wet shoes, which were thrown into the ocean, um, you know, on a, on a long walk. You know, like a long yeah. two or three hour hike. Then going to David. Wow, that's pretty rough. Here's one more that I think is genuine, and I think most people would agree with that. I'd rather go on a date with Emmer than go on a date with uh, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> she was wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, like Bella's character of of Emmer, um, she's kind of like the wholesome, the girl next door. You know, like yeah. she's sweet. She's not damaged as in, you know, she's basically that kind of like marriage material type girl that you see in a movie. But with um, a passion, you know, she wants to right, direct. Right, right. She wants to be. She wants to be creative. Right, right, right. Whereas, and again, like Michael's still holding out for some girl that he dated for two weeks. <laughs> that seems that seems like very far fetched. So yeah, like they're uh, they're an interesting pair. Shout out to Bella and who who played Dewey? Ah, uh, Billy, Billy White. Billy, shout out to Billy. He he was he was fantastic. He was really. The entire oh, yeah. cast was great. The entire the whole cast, cast was great. great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. We, we were kind of at the bottom of the barrel. When I say bottom of the barrel, I mean, like, with a low budget during COVID. And, of course, like, you know, a lot of acting agents are kind of, you know, like, oh, you know, my client's going to charge this because it's COVID or whatever. It's like, so our resources were really limited, but we got these great actors and actresses, which, you know, super lucky, super lucky. Yeah, speaking of lucky, we are so lucky to have had you on our podcast Thank you for joining us. And if you have anything else you want to say, I think we covered where you can watch Malibu Crush. But if you have any other plug that you want to say, please feel free. No, I'm just waiting for you guys to to make a movie. Um, that would that would make a oh, comedy, of course. Yeah, that's what we like to do. Uh, do you want to plug your uh, socials or anything, James? Sure. You know, just hit me up uh, Instagram, James Pratt Seven. That's Twitter as well. I'm not on Facebook in case someone's pretending to be me. <laughs> you know, and asking for money or something. That's sure. not me. I'm not on Facebook. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. It's it's an honor. I love your podcast already. But before I came on, I was super stoked to be on it. So thank you. That's amazing. All right, James. Thanks again. 